Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of. Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galtz, and today we talk with author of Love from Heaven, host of YouTube's Seeking Heaven, The Near-Death Experience, and Other Phenomena, and director of Academy of Divine Wisdom School of Ascension, Miss Tamara Richardson. Now, love never dies. And even when our loved ones cross over into the spirit world, we can still talk to them. And Tamara is going to show us how. So with that, Tamara, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Yay. I am so happy to be here. And I think that what you're doing is spectacular on this show and enlightening and assisting others on their journey. Well, thanks. Thanks for taking the invitation. Now, Tamara, you are a six-time near-death experiencer multiple spirituality transformative and ultra dimensional experience experiencer christ chandler and international evidential medium otherwise known as the southern bell medium (laughs) so now a lot of the listeners are from russia india and asia so um, they might know what a southern bell is but in the united states it's the southern part of the united states they call them southern bells Thank you. Yes, mm -hmm. that's pretty much so it. Yes. (laughs) So before we get into your work, can you tell us your story for how you even got into this? Uh, Yes, I think a lot of uh, my spiritual journey and my uh, awakening started before I was even born. And it's it really the catalyst was my near death experiences. And I know that might to some sound frightening, but it actually really it really wasn't. It was an amazing experience to go through this. It could have been something else like a Kundalini awakening, which I've had that too. But um, early on, um, uh, I began to see spirit people after my, uh, I had a prenatal and I remember my mom not almost carrying me and following her and watching her outside of my body and the whole thing. And I just felt love for her. And then at three, when I, I was playing hide and seek in an old a uh, two-story home with my, uh, I was you know, three years old, so I was small and, and my cousin, and we were playing hide and seek. I ran upstairs. I was looking for a place to hide and I'm jumping around and I hit my head under a dresser mm. and there was a nail on it. It went through my head and it pierced my skull. And so immediately I went out of my body and I could see in multiple directions. I could see in the house, different rooms outside all at once. I also saw an angelic being over my head healing me. And through that whole experience to kind of fa- to fast forward that, um, I literally had a hole in my head and my in my skull because they can't sew it up, you know, for two years. Mm-hmm. So 
that really opened my crown chakra, not to make a joke, but it really did. And I was able to see into the spiritual realms. And how old were you then? uh, That was when I was three. And then I had one at four, five, 10 and 28. And Mm. so I feel like that I was checking in with home base. (laughs) Now Mm. I know I can just astral travel and go there. But apparently when I was smaller, uh, I had to do these things to check in and, um, and, and get basically kind of my mission update every time that I would go. So, and it did remove my filters because when you've been dead and you've been purely spirit, my last one at five for a couple hours, uh, 15 minutes dead on arrival of pneumonia. And then a, a couple hours on and off, I was declared dead. And then they saw me breathing, put me in a, uh, induced coma, uh, three days I was in that. And that's where I spent it with Yeshua and I spent it with him he get, and he was my teacher and he told me all about manifestation and different things. And I still talk to him, but he brings me other people and people from other religions. And I talk to them too <laughs> because so, they're all over there. Right. I mean, it's just a yeah. happy, uh, spiritual community with no separation. Right. Right. You know, I cracked my head as a baby too. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, girl. Really? <laughs> so but you but open what? your crown chakra. You're like, I'm going to open this thing up now. We're really? like, we're like, we're the cracky head babies. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. I know it's actually, you know, you're interviewing me, but I'm curious. How old were you when that happened? I think it was like either two or three. I was a baby. Kidding. That mm-hmm. is funny. Well, I'm mm-hmm. not surprised because we, you know, have come from different directions and man, we, we're like on the same page. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting, really. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, let me it. ask, let me ask you this. Um, it, is there a difference for your near death experience as a baby than as an adult? You, you know, from your, you've, you've died six times and had communication with, um, higher beings in the spirit world, like Yeshua, um, Ben Yosef, or otherwise known as Jesus in some Western religions, um, amongst others. Is there like a difference? Um, well, sure it is, because as a child, you see as a child, right? And 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 you can only see in that, I mean, that is actually biblical too, but it, it's true. You can only see things as a child would. So when I was explained things like at five, when I was in this place, it looked like a pasture. It was beautiful. It was, it, was it created for me? Sure. It was. Did it exist? Sure. It did on some level. It was Mm -hmm. beautiful. And he explained about how our thoughts are things and that we must be mindful of our thoughts because they, uh, they manifest and we want to make sure we manifest the things that, that our heart truly desires and not to get an outcome that we don't want. And he said that we need to be more careful also when we speak words, not only our intention, but when we speak words, that they have power. And so we need to be careful and select in our words that they're more healing. So um, he couldn't use words like manifest. He would say like create, and it was more simple, but I did get it. And he gave me examples and so forth. Uh, as an adult, I saw things more with complexity. Um, like when I was 28, I had a reaction to a, it was a pill. It was a prescribed pill. It was for menstrual migraines. And I had a reaction, a lot of near-death experiencers, the after effects is they're very sensitive 
to taking drugs or to detergent. Like I can't just have detergent. I'm just very sensitive to stuff. And so, um, you know, I, I don't like chemicals and <laughs> I like natural things, but, um, anyway, I was 28 and had this reaction, woke up. I was like, what's going on? I felt like alarm was going off and I couldn't talk and I could barely move. But yet somehow I got out of the bed, went, turned on the TV because I thought it would help me to follow consciousness of someone speaking. But I ended up very, very shortly after that, not caring. And I started hearing this white noise sound like and then I didn't know is male or female. And mm-hmm. next, you know, I saw the entire living room break into white lines mm-hmm. and it started decoding kind of like the matrix, but this is way before the matrix <laughs> mm-hmm. and it started turning into white lines and then I'm in the galaxy, but I knew it didn't take that much. It was just a pill. I'm just having a very bad reaction. So I point, I push my finger on my, on my thigh Till I came back in. So I was actually bilocational. I was on the sofa there and I was, I like nebulous. That's why I got one behind me. I had to go see a nebula. I was, I really did. I remember not being male or female or knowing my name, but I really wanted to see this nebula and that's where I was. So I felt more in complexities at the same time, more simple things. Like I was, um, as a child, I asked a lot of things as an adult, I was I was just okay to be, to be in the whole I am, which I like the I am series. I don't get you high if you want to go on astral travel, the I am series, I'll do it. Um, and, you know, it, it, I am, you are, it is. And just to be a part of that existence of consciousness. And I didn't question so much, but it allowed the beauty of this journey so it's just another experience. You know, we we label things as being good or bad when sometimes they're just part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when when you had your near-death experience, one of your near-death experiences, and you um, met with uh, Yeshua, you said it was two months, was what you think it was, but it was actually three days that you spent speaking to this person, the teacher? Uh, I was three days. I was in a coma. I spent with him in human in human time, mm-hmm. but it felt like years. It, felt, it, years, it yep. felt like many years that I spent with him and we walked and we talked. He did say when I initially, I kept going back to the hospital room, checking in my body. Um, and uh, they were uh, taking stuff out of my body and like, in my lungs, they were removing liquids and so forth. And I thought as a kid, I went, Ooh, that's gross. So I left the room. <laughs> but I remember a lot of medical terms. My mom actually did not tell me any of this happened. She said I had a sore throat. This is a mm-hmm. lot more than a sore throat. Mm-hmm. So I actually con- gently confronted her three years ago and mentioned this and what happened. And she was like, you know, it must have been things she swore not to talk about it. And she goes, how do you know all this? Mm-hmm. And so I said, it's okay. I'm here. It's all cool. Don't worry about it. But mm-hmm. I would go back and check on the body. But when finally then it did happen, I was immediately in another existence. And I think, I think the divine mother, father, God, it loves us so much. There is a love. We're never separated. And I feel that as a child, 
but it would have been comforting. And that's why I, I was met by Yeshua because my grandmother said, he's really, you can talk to him. And I was like, I don't know this guy, but apparently he's friendly. Mm-hmm. So he, he was there in this beautiful place because they were giving me a kind, non-scary experience, mm-hmm. you know, and then also where I could learn. So when I came back, I could bring value. I was also t- told uh, uh, my mission. Mm-hmm. And I t- said, no, <laughs> what, what, what was your mission? <laughs> My mission was to bring, um, well, it was a few, a couple things. Number one, I was supposed to bring heaven back, uh, heaven back on earth. And I said, that's just too big. I can't do that. And I said, no. And he reassured me there was a lot of people that were going to help with this. And I was like, I don't know these people. Okay. I'm like really difficult. So I argued for a while. And then he also said I needed to come back and show my mother love because she's, he said she had so very little love for herself. I had to show her. And I said, I don't, I don't really know how I'm supposed to do this. And he goes, there's no right way or wrong way of showing love. But then I realized later on in life that I had to love her despite I knew that I found that many, many, many years later, actually kind of somewhat recently that she knew all this time I was being sexually abused, but yet I was supposed to love her because she did not have the inner strength to be able to combat that or say no. So I was somewhat like a sacrificial lamb and I had to love despite all of that and the abuser. If he told me all that at the time, I probably would have said no, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I agreed to that because we do live forever and love does conquer all. And when you look at someone who's really broken and the decisions they made and they base it off of fear, there's a, there's, uh, there's a mercy that I felt and, and a sadness and a kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a couple of questions um, in your near death experience. First of all, there is the notion that some people say that um, if you die and you see that white light or that tunnel or whatever, you know, all the above, and you go into that, it's a trap to get your soul and put you back into reincarnation and you come back to earth over and over again and you never go to heaven. You come back into the earth slave planet. This reincarnation cycle is a slave cycle. So don't go into the light. Some people said that. What do you want to say about that? Since okay. you've died six times and seen the light. I would very much so like to respond to that. And I have heard that before. So a lot of people don't know this. I probably never have said this publicly, um, and but I feel comfortable to say it. And it feels like that I'm getting the go ahead to say it now that I, I was involved 16 years with Scientology. And part of that was told to me to not go to these places because were, they were implant stations. So this is what I say to you. Have you ever met someone and they all, they come across very, very nice, but your gut says don't trust them because it's a false face and they actually aren't? Yes. But then you have someone else that maybe they don't even look as well put together, but you know, mm-hmm. you can trust them with all the money that you own. You could give it to them to trust. I think that there's false lights. And mm-hmm. the thing is, do you understand there's, they're both. Um, is the, the answer I'm getting right now is that there's both, but the thing is when you go into a form of love and you have a love and a humility for all that is, and the one that is God doesn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. 
you, you, it's, it's still about that in this world too, is always following your heart. And you know, when mm-hmm. you don't, it doesn't go well. So the same thing is true. It's a false light. There are implant stations, apparently. Um, and what is also- it? What is an implant station? Implant stations. They're forgetter stations where you forget this life you've had and all that. Guess what? It didn't work on me because I've already done 365 hours of past life. Mm-hmm. That didn't work on me. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, it, didn't, it didn't take they, they, at all. So, um, and the stuff I get is evidential because that's just how I like to think. And I'm trained as an evidential medium. So, spirit, the spirit world and the ultra dimensionals know I like to get proof. So, they mm-hmm. give me things that I can check on for the proof. But um, I, I don't think people need to worry about this, about a beacon. For mm-hmm. that's what they are. They're sending out a, be- a beacon. It's just like it. I think that when you're divinely connected, how do you do that? Surrender and say, I am a child of the most high. It's all good. You're not going to mm-hmm. have a problem. I don't think there is trickery, but there's trickery in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the Buddhists would say that um, you, you, you can go into the spirit world and experience what's in the spirit world, or you can go further into spirit world and just go back to source itself, go to the spiritual emptiness of source where yes. all things come from and out of that, that consciousness and the spiritual emptiness is, is kind of like a blue screen, but it's like a black screen. There's like, there's no light, there's no energy, there's no physicality, there's no nothing because that, all of that comes is the creation process that souls get to experience through. So, um, so the spiritual emptiness of what we call Nirvana out of Nirvana comes samsara, the existence and all that it's in the existence that you can experience. So, um, but if you were to reincarnate or choose to reincarnate in anything in samsara in existence, you do go through the spirit world to consult with what they call a life planner so that you can plan out out of right. the oh, infinite yeah out of the infinite different experiences that you can have out of the infinite embodiments of physicality that you could have you're going to experience only yes. so much just kind of like you could only do so much on your vacation so you kind of want to consult with a vacation <laughs> consul- a consultant a tour guide it's, to make it's sure very similar yes. it's very similar because that's why we call in buddhism that's why we call life a soldier and it's a journey it's like a vacation now some people like to plan really crappy vacations for themselves some people like really good vacations um you know just like when you go to a travel agent they say okay where do you want to go okay you want to go on this island wonderful then these islands these are the things that are available for you to experience what kind of excursions do you want do you want some downtime to experience and just kind of explore do you want to have a couple of life lessons so that you can at least spiritually evolve and work on a couple of things uh, while you're here? That was all of that. So, um, and everything in existence goes through the spirit world and plans these aspects because you literally have infinity to choose from in the brochure. So what do yeah. you want to experience? It's a lot. I, so, I think it depends if you want to be on the slow track or the medium track or the fast track. 
And there's and no I, right or wrong. And there's no right or wrong. If you, cause there's no time I and mean, you can get there when you get there. It doesn't matter. It's just like some people say, no, we'd rather take three days to drive to Florida or whatever it is, you know, or some people say, no, I just want to take an airplane and be there in like an hour and a half. So it, there is no right or wrong answers, but I, mm-hmm. I guess I, I wanted to fast track it because I like adventure and, <laughs> and I wanted my answers. So I wanted it to all kind of uh, come together. I will say that um, what you're mentioning, and even though we laugh about it and jest, it really is similar to that. It's where you meet with, you know, it could be your council of elders, your guides, your team. You'll know them instantly as soon as you see them, instant recognition. Mm-hmm. You'll know who they are. And and what's interesting to kind of support this whole thing is um, I had uh, a mother-in-law. She passed away about four years ago, but she was a very... Um, traditional Christian, religious, simple, very sweet mother. Okay. She hadn't had a lot of culture and whatever, a very kind, loving person, very giving. She gave to every, we'd have people, all different nationalities come over for Christmas because they had no home and she'd want to feed them. She was a good woman. But when she had a near-death experience before she passed, this was, she passed a few years later, but she had a near-death experience in the hospital. It was a closed scare. She had a native American guide uh, was in the field and she saw in the field and he says, he wouldn't look at her. He goes, not your time. And he wouldn't look at her. So she comes back saying, this guy was my guide, knowing that she did, was not taught this information. She, this was not in her religious vocabulary at all. Yet she knew him to be her guide and he could not confront her at that moment because it was not her time. So we have a staff, I call them team God, but we have a staff of people that assist with us. And at that time they go through this, it's like an IMAX three-dimensional, um, all at one time, going at one time, different, different parts of your life all at once. So it's a life review. And then as we experience, and some things are more painful and there's counselors to help you through these moments. And it may take longer than some. Uh, you may have to stop at this section, go through it. When you're finally done, they ask you these questions like, what do you want to do next? What would be helpful? And you can say, well, you know, it was really hard being a female this time because I really didn't want to take care of a bunch of kids. And they said, what would you like? And then you're just like, well, I'd like to be a bachelor for a while. I'd like to be a guy or whatever. You get free will and they work with you to come up based on your past incarnations. However, I feel like that it there is a system and it's it's the way of things. It's like the uh what is it the circle of life. You know, plants they're seeded in the flowers and they come back such as we do. But I also think that a portion of us stays in the etheric realms. And I've seen myself on different planets at the same time. I think we control multiple bodies here mm-hmm. on another planets because we are not singular. We are not but we think in singular and A to B mindset, but this is not how this is. Um, we talk pre-show about the metaverse, but mm-hmm. I feel as though that we have, that we are also, we are so big that we are, are existing on other planes at the same time as now and other time periods, all coexisting, blow your mind, all at the same mm-hmm. time. So it's not just the one life we're looking at is how they coexist with one another. But I feel like now we're at a somewhat of a different time of they give me this word of 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 convergence. So it's where different timelines are converging mm-hmm. and that our higher self is coming together and something really exciting is getting ready to happen. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and then yeah. people like us are coming together 
and we're standing our true self and all our different versions of ourselves are becoming, uh, we fragmented ourselves because we thought we were too powerful. And now we're coming back into our, our divine power and who we are, uh, hoping that we have the maturity, right? So, and as one person works on themselves spiritually, then that affects like a spiritual ocean, a ripple that mm-hmm. others do as well. And so we're on this beautiful journey together. And at some point, again, someone can be further back in the line or further up ahead. We're all on this journey together and it's affecting us all in this beautiful way. And the people that mm-hmm. resist it is they just don't understand that this is a really great experience is about to happen with us converging together and spiritually being heightened our vibration mm-hmm. and, and our memory coming to us. And I think that people that have near-death experiences like like I've had so many, it gets rid of the filters that stop us from growing sp- spiritually and opens you up, but mm-hmm. it also helps you remember where you came from. We're not mm-hmm. originally from here. Right, right. Now, the other thing that I had a question about your near-death experience is as a child, you were sexually abused. And this seems to be a common occurrence in um, some cultures as compared to others. Um, I cannot speak about this because I have not had this experience. And so, um, but I do have clients that have had this experience and known people who've had this experience of being sexually abused by you typically a family member. Um, So one of the hardest things about um, about this life lesson specifically is when you go into hypnosis or meditation and you go into reincarnation and your pre-life planning, the hardest thing to see is why would this be an aspect of the pre-life plan? And what do you learn from it? So did you ever do any kind of exploration as to what was the point of you being sexually raped by a family member as a child? What was the life lesson there? Well, it wasn't really, I don't want to say the word rape. When you have a pedophile and a pervert, and that is okay. a word, <laughs> we're, not okay. gonna, we're not gonna soften that word, okay? Is that it's more creepy than that. It's like um, there was, uh, it was basically, if you want to call it good against dark, so to, to like burn out my light and my purpose in the world. We always have, in any good movie, there's always an opponent. There's always an obstacle. And so it was to belittle me and it's belittle and control through lack of, it was control. Okay. And to make one feel less. Mm-hmm. And it was also perverted stuff. Like when I was growing breast, as you know, what girls do around between 11 and 13. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, oh, well, I'll take you to get the bra. And I know all about these things. So it was more perverty kind of, mm. you know, you know what I'm saying? And then it was being held down and different things. And it, it was, it was, it was really quite sinister. And so why would someone go through that? Why would someone agree to cancer? No one agrees to these things. I mean, after all, I'll put it in perspective, we live forever. Mm-hmm. Why? I think they agree to the lesson of humility and learning to understand people. One of the things I feel I'm good at is being able to empower people that feel like they're victims. I said, if you're a victim, you decided to be that way mm-hmm. because we can be a victor because no one has power over us unless we agree to that. And so I, I feel like that if someone tells me you don't understand, I'm like, 
Oh, yes, I do. I do understand. And I'm saying I reject that and I decide to live empowered. So uh, the human spirit is something that always fascinates me. It's quite um, undestroyable. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I think that in that lesson uh, for me, I felt in the end, I was actually taking care in some ways with him at the hospital and spending time with him. And it was awful. I felt horrible for them because when you see someone is broken spiritually, it just doesn't, the anger just can't stick. It's just sad. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay, but they're not. So I think there's lessons and things, but we don't know the lesson. We just agree to get a lesson, but we don't know the form the lesson will come in. Okay. Um, very well put. And then in terms of healing this trauma, because there's a lot of really wonderful people who've gone through these kind of traumatizing experiences of sexual abuse, molestation, pedophilia, whatever you want to call it. I don't really like to use the words because I think they hide the act. And when you say the act straight out, then, you know, that's the lesson that you're like, oh, that's not a good, not, not going to do that. <laughs> Never going to let that happen. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I kind of filled it in a little bit. I don't want to gross anyone because I believe, you know, you know, let's keep it positive. But that gave I was held down. I would run under the bed and be pulled out. I would hide in the closet and, and stick coat hangers through to get away. But I was a little person. But what I'm saying in the end, I felt sorry for the perpetrator. But it mm-hmm. was there was there was manipulation mentally, but there was also physical. But the mm-hmm. thing is, we're so much more than that. We've lived forever. We there is there's grace within us. Right. So how, how does one who goes through such traumatizing um, childhoods, how do they heal that childhood trauma in themselves so that it doesn't come out as bad behavior um, as an adult onto themselves or onto other people or attracting similar types of relationships? Well, I think it's back to free will and choice again. I knew I had an example of what a bad person was. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call it that, you know, let me use my childhood terms. That's not a good person. And also, so, wow, that's a man. I don't like that kind of man. That's not a good example of a good man. A good man would take care of their family, protect their family, love their family, um, not say harsh words, not do harsh things and be an advocate for them. So I don't like this person. So Mm -hmm. I used to pray to God at night as a kid, you know, I didn't know better. I would pray and I would say, um, if this is what I have to have, I don't want it. I would want someone that is kind and has purity and that loves me for me and that I would feel safe with no matter what. And they would put their life before mine because their love would be so great. And that's what I got. (laughs) Mm, mm. Uh, So it, so it did, it did teach you a lot about yourself and a lot about how you want to, what you want to attract in your life in terms of a relationship. Yes. And also people, I said, I do not want people that, um, I also said, I I also made a statement. I refuse to be a victim. Mm -hmm. I will not be around anyone that's a victim. And then early on when I was young in junior high school days, I would get the, what do you call it? The, uh, energy vampires. Mm Mm-hmm. Or they would, oh, poor me, and it's my story. And I would feel sorry for him because I was really nice. So it would take Mm -hmm. me a while to figure out they're just stealing my energy. They're doing Mm -hmm. this on purpose. They really don't want to change. They really Mm -hmm. don't want my help. 
But addiction, a, there's an addiction to drama too. Addicted addiction, to drama. It's there, there's lots of kinds of addictions. It's not just alcohol and drugs. There's addiction to drama. Come on now. That is some truth right there. Yeah. <laughs> that I is, think a lot of people have addictions to drama because drama makes that you create the drama and then you've, they're like the, they have the hero. They got the hero thing. Like somebody save me. There's always love, unconditional love. Oh. Everybody's always so bracing and loving yeah. and caring and want to check on you and make sure you're you're taken care of and that's great but then when it but then but then when it's over with you got to create a whole new drama to get that back back, okay because it's you're looking outwards for the love and attention instead of feeling it inwards without having to create the drama to get that to get that back and i think a a lot of people that are kind and loving uh, they naturally want to help people, but there mm. are people out there that genuinely um, are good people, but they may be down and out or they need help temporarily mm-hmm. and, and they can, they'll get back up on their feet and they're fine and that's okay. And I think that's good, but there and are everybody people, goes through that too. At some point we all do. And at some, hey, at some point we're going to all need someone. We, we right. just need to admit it at some point, whether it's now or where we're old or whatever, I don't know, mm-hmm. but we're that and that's okay to be that way to help people and even give more than you thought. But there are people that are that are just takers. Chronic. Going to take, 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 take your mind, take your finances, take your whatever. And so I realized that um, that I had to really protect my energy after this event, and I had to be very select with being around people that were only positive and supportive and loving to me because I went through too much crap already. <laughs> Let me ask you this um, to kind of close out this, this very dramatic healing exercise, healing yes. empowerment exercise through um, being sexually abused as a child. Um, you asked for travel, which you can also do this through hypnosis. You could do this through meditation, but um, it, it's kind of a conversion of biolocation, but have you ever through your consciousness gone back into time to the first incident and then talk to yourself to empower yourself? Like almost if you had a chance to coach yourself, Hey, if uncle comes to and does this, this is what you're going to say. And this is how you're going to act and, 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 and so forth. And seeing if that makes a difference. And here's the reason why I asked that because I do quantum hypnosis and I get star seeds that had not all of them, the some that's had um that's had sexual abuse, rape, or molestation or combination of the above. And um I don't sugarcoat anything. Um the acts are everything above in, in, in porn, but with little kids. It's just it's horrendous. And they mm-hmm. come in and they want to go to the next level of the spiritual evolution, but they have to heal this inner child that's been wounded. Right that they have carried on as an adult and manifested in terms of what kind of relationships they've attracted, how they take care of themselves, the kind of careers that they attract themselves, all of the different things that they, um, that they've created the world have been slightly influenced by this wound that they've never fully addressed. And so they come into my office at 40, 50, 60 crying like a baby because they're back at that time when they have to re address this because they haven't fully addressed and healed and overcome it yet um, as an adult and 
it's the thing that's holding them back on their spiritual evolution because you can't carry this into the higher dimensions of consciousness. You have to yeah, heal it. Perfect. You can't, you have to, you have to handle it. You have to handle the first it. Thing you're going to handle once you get over there. It doesn't yeah, go. It doesn't go there. Like you, it, so, um, so we've done this exercise, do meditation, do hypnosis. If they can't do it through the hypnosis or through astral travel or um, lucid dreaming, where they go back to that child and they, they, they give themselves pointers. And, uh, and I will speak on their behalf before the hypnosis or before the exercise that they do. Okay, when we get to this part, this is what I'm going to say to the child, et cetera, et cetera. They do this and they continue the meditation and the exercise in lucid dreaming of coaching, going back into time to consciousness and coaching themselves and have come back going, my family member who molested me doesn't remember that it was as long as I remembered it to be. Okay. So something happened in all these exercises where it was shortened. It wasn't as severe or it wasn't as long. And they're going, Hey, I already said, I'm sorry to you. It what? I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't that like, honestly, it happened once or twice, but, this incident didn't happen. This incident happened and they have other people verified. So it's almost like they changed their history. It still happened, but they learned because they learned their lesson in the future. Now reality through consciousness went back to that past reality, coach their, their younger self in those situations. They, because you already learned the lesson, you don't need to continue to carry on the course. The karma changes on it. The karma changes on it. And yeah. so that's, and so what changes because they changed that they have healed that in the present future. Now it changed the path. And now the back history is completely changed. And then the current version of their relationship and the people around them have a slightly different back history and the way that they are, are slightly different as well. And that's what we call Mandela effects. You know, it, it really, it does do that. So, I, I did have you done that? Similar. Okay. Yeah. What did you do to do it? Cause I like well, to give people like nuggets of like, no, that's a tools great, that they can use. Yeah. Well, I'm always doing spiritual exercises, but what I've done in the past now, look, I will say that I, to be able to, hand, I'm going to just tell you what I did um, to be able to handle it. I didn't talk about this because like most people, if it's family, you're still trying to protect family. It's weird. You're like, why am I protecting these people? And then part of you is embarrassed. Like, well, I don't want people to know I went through that. So I would read lots of self-help books. Okay. That I did that. Then I got involved. I did the auditing through Scientology. That helps some. But then what, what I would do is I would take my higher self, you know, in the astral state, and then I would go visit at that time. I would go back in time when I was a little girl and I would go talk. I would first observe how she felt, who she was, the essence of who I was. But it was like the little girl me and I would feel how she felt. And then I would talk to her. Well, what was happening <laughs> is that the little girl I was actually making this really happen. It was, but I would go back in time and the little girl thought an angel was talking to her, but it was really me. And I was <laughs> saying, you're going to get past this. You're going to have a great life. This person is broken. You've just got a couple more years of this and you're done with this. 
And guess what? You have a fantastic life and people that really love you. And you won't believe it now, but one day you're going to feel so, so sorry for this broken, wretched soul. And just you walk high, this doesn't define you. And you're better than this. And you're so loved. And what happens is not only does it affect you, but everyone around you in present time is different now. It's almost like it never happened. It's like they treat you differently. It's, it's, there's a shift. But mm-hmm. on the other side, if these people have uh, crossed over, for example, uh, my stepdad, he's crossed over now. It's five years. But I'll have to say this. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to come clean. He was a ghost for about four years. Mm-hmm. And he tried to harass me as a ghost. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that one. Uh, that was new. And that came up. He didn't want to cross over. He didn't want to cross over. Oh, no. He wanted to stay here and control people. Well, get this. I had a shaman friend, Kelly, come over and he said, well, let's do some childhood healing. I said, okay, sure. She said, well, I'm going to ask you things that are phrases that people have said to you that was very demeaning. And then we're going to release them. I said, okay. So as we did, what happened is he showed up. He showed up basically. And he was very bold and kept talking about how much he loved me. And then it got weird. And I never, honestly, I just never knew. He was like in love with me as a little kid. It's really creepy stuff. Okay. Uh But I never knew that. She called on and I went, and then I realized, well, and I said, I don't, you need to leave. He got angry. And then I realized he was a ghost. So what I did is I went through, because the funeral had just happened maybe two weeks before then. I had all these pictures out. You know, you have to get pictures for the funeral, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking all the picture. He's looking at me through the years. And I went, oh my God, I never knew. So mm-hmm. I changed that. I said, my, my, uh, the creator, mother, father is my father, not you. And I'm going to change that. And so I disagree with the behavior and I'm going to create a new beginning. And so I took everything that was that I, and I thought it was tainted and I, and I burned it and I, and I put it in the ground. And I did prayers as it goes back to the earth and it's no more. Well, she said, that's exactly what we're supposed to do as a shaman. I didn't know, but I, that's what I felt like I should do. Mm-hmm. And, and I let that go. And I kept trying to get him across over. In the meantime, my mom, who doesn't talk about these things we do, she just doesn't. Okay. Um, she's more simple and she doesn't talk about these spiritual matters. She mm-hmm. said, I, I'm really upset. I need to talk to you. I said, what's going on? And she doesn't talk about stuff like this. So it was mm-hmm. kind of rare. She goes, I'm having dreams and I'm feeling like I'm being harassed by your stepdad. Mm. And I went, exactly what? She goes, well, now it's in the kitchen. I'm feeling blowing on my ear. He was intimidating, just like he did in life. Mm. And I said, do you want to get rid of that? And and he he goes, yes. And I said, well, so I, we did. I said, you, I'll say it with you, but you have to help me. I said, you tell him until he crosses over and gets a better attitude. He's not welcome around you and you forbid it. Mm-hmm. But you have to say this. You have to. It has to come from you. I can help, but you have mm-hmm. to do it. And then my sister, he was doing the same thing. She woke up and he was curled around her. Uh, so uh, I've had people not want to cross over before the other way because their perpetrators, their their molesters, are on the other side. Is so they're not that way anymore. They mm-hmm. couldn't be there. They couldn't be there if they were. They're all better right. now. It's okay. Right. Um, but that was there's a healing of- team. There's a healing team on the spirit world. 
it is a healing team and they're all supportive of us. They're very yeah. supportive. Yeah. Very, very good. I like to, that, that, that is awesome. And so just for everybody who's listening, who's had, um, some sexual abuse or physical abuse or some kind of injustice happened to you, you can change your present trajectory by doing these consciousness exercises and going back in time to your consciousness. And basically, if you if you can't rewrite it, you can heal it by talking to yourself, coaching yourself through it, or working through it. You can even through your consciousness, because we're all connected, go to the little kid version of the perpetrator to isolate where they fell off and give them the healing, give them the love and say, whatever happened to you that caused you to follow this trajectory, you're going to say no to it. You're going to tell the person that influenced you to become like this, that you don't want this either and that you deserve more. So you can go in that line of conversation and, and literally stop that person's um, future experience before they become, become your present past experience. So we're doing a little bit of time travel with the consciousness here. And by doing all this healing through time um, and through everyone that we're connected to, we actually change physical reality whereby the people around us are a little bit different the environment is a little bit different and the history is a little bit different so it's almost like our present reality is a result of our future healing well it doesn't carry the weight when you don't when you get rid of the anger and the emotion and, mm-hmm. and think about it when you go back to let's say like I did my younger self and had these talks and whatever that I changed things but I came I came consciously aware I came aware in my free will and I said no I don't want this and this is how it's going to be instead and I took charge but I did run a lot of past life with my stepdad and he has been like this multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so I had a talk with him afterwards too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, we're not doing this again. We're you not learning your lesson this. at some point. We're not, yeah. it, it, this, it, we, this medieval times has kept going on and on. I said, mm-hmm. I'm not even on other planets. I said, I'm not going to play this game with you. It's a very downtown game. I'm bored. I'm not doing this anymore. I am not playing this game. You, I, I'm breaking the chain with that, that it, I'm done and I wish you well, but we're done with our cycle. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You can do that too, you know? Yep. And that's the lesson. That's the <laughs> lesson. You just, you just, you just, you outgrew the game. You're yeah, ready I'm for done. higher experiences and higher relationships. And you can do that really with anyone. If you know that you're in a, a, you know, family member, whether it be a sibling or whoever it is, a cousin, whoever it may be, not necessarily a parent, but it could be a, a brother, sister, or some other kind of relation. And uh, you, or it could be someone you're married to. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Realize this is n- not working. This is a weird game. You can just decide not to play it. And when people say, well, how can you do that? They're always this way. You know, you, you don't play the game. What do you do? You just go, you, you see through the game and you smile yep. and you, you nod, give yep. them love. Does that mean you need to be around them? Maybe not. 
Yeah. You can, you can give them love and go, okay, well, thanks a lot. I'm glad you shared that. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can refuse to get into a combative situation and we can, we can change that. I already, I put things out to people out into the ether. Oh, they get it. Uh, okay. I'm not doing that. If you want to play nice, we'll talk. If you mm-hmm. don't, then it's okay. I'll just leave you alone and wish you well. Right. Right. Um, very well put it. The, the other thing that's also, cause there's so many different modalities in order for us to basically um, heal and learn our lessons much faster um, with, from these, these old childhood past time um, experiences that we go through and basically changing our physical reality now is you can do past life meditation you can lose a dream into different past lives to kind of get a, a insight of where did this relationship happen in my past incarnations. You could do quantum hypnosis. There's a lot of the different hypnosis modalities that go into past life regression. Um, but basically, when you do enough of those exercises over and over again, the people in your life now, for the most part, have been in your life in your existence, in other realities, in other planets, in other <laughs> lifetimes. Yeah. And um, and your best friend may be your best friend multiple times because you guys just like to go on the adventures together. You know, you and your spouse, all these different things. So um, go into past life regression. And if you're having one of these challenging relationships of abuse, of torment, of trauma, um, they probably are recurring from a different lifetime. And you just, you guys just haven't figured out how to resolve this. So what you were saying about when you had enough of that game and you're over it, it's kind of like when somebody's finally gets to the point where they're like, I'm divorcing you. And I don't care if you take more than half the house and the cars and the dog or anything else. I'm through. Take it. I just want to be clean and free. Yeah, it's That's spiritual really boundaries. The, it's spiritual mm-hmm. boundaries. You have to love yourself to say, look, I love myself for no good reason is because I'm here and I'm love. And I'm not doing this anymore because it's not positive. It's not helping either one of us to play this downtown cosmic game. And I'm mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the ways in which uh, one of the easiest ways in which you can keep somebody's personal frequency down and their consciousness down is to continue to do these personal psyops within your families, within each other. And we also do this in the community. We do this globally. We do this planetarily. There are all these different psyops that basically bring down our consciousness because there's all this trauma that we're focused on. We're not focusing on the higher stuff. So um, I love that. That was really healing for a lot of people. I know a lot of people like, Mm -hmm. how do you do it? How do you do it? Because that's what my hang up is to get to the fifth dimension, the consciousness. So let's decide that, you know, it's like when you have a goal, you, if you really are passionate about something and you really, and you really want to do it, right? You're not going to let someone stand in your way. There are people that are so poor, but yet somehow they put themselves through college. It's because they decide, or haven't you ever seen two people, two different that come together that want to be married or together and the families are like, no, don't do it. But they love each other. They're like, we're going to make it work. They might not even start out with any money at all, but Mm -hmm. they somehow make it work. It's our decision to make things go right. If we really want something, 
it's very little that can stop us. And we, we are in agreement. And I even think that goes with our health. Are we in agreement? Uh, when we, all these negative things that you hear about this going on in the news, you know what I say? I'm not saying it's not going on. I'm sure it is probably worse things that I could ever imagine that would make my Mm -hmm. hair curl. Right. Mm -hmm. But I go, I'm in disagreement with that. I want a utopia universe. I'm not playing that game. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. What you focus on, you create. So let's talk about angel incarnates and what they create here on earth. So what is an angel incarnate and why are you here on earth at this time, Tamara? Uh, The same reason you are here, Vaughn. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I guess a few years ago, I would have thought a lot of this is uh, fantasy or nonsense or so forth. But now I understand through a lot of past life in between lives and also DNA activations and so forth, as, as well as a lot of astral travel, but um, that I have full memory, not only on being other planets and so forth, but also being from the celestial realm. And I have worked with um, the, the realm of the Christ consciousness or Sananda or Yeshua, whatever you want to call them for many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, we don't have to do that anymore, but even early on was he, he was here on earth and it was not like, uh, it was not a sexy job I had. I was one of the apostles, but not one of the good looking ones. I was old and decrepit. <laughs> I was old and decrepit. It was awful. I mean, you know, I wore the same, it was nothing sexy about it, but anyway, uh, I do remember in detail, uh, being with him and also it's, um, I also, it started coming out with DNA activations. I had been talking to Astro, the Galactic Federation, who also talks to Yeshua, then St. Germain, and then angels, and now the Elohim. And I realized that as I'm doing so, I'm getting physical manifestations, seeing UFOs in this world, and then I'm getting actual evidence. And the reason being is a couple of reasons why anyone, whether you're Palladian, whether you're, uh, you know, Octurian, Lyrian, wherever you're from, chances are most of us are not um, fully of this planet, especially those at this time that are light workers are working very hard to do their part and, and everything is important. And some people are here just by their presence alone because their, their presence, their energy that comes off of them is metaphysical that permeates into a deeper level that, that, raises the vibration of others. It's a, it's kind of like a silent frequency. It's like a dog whistle, but it's yeah. a it's, that goes off. Then there are others that have different roles and the celestial beings. Um, they're very, what you would think they are. They're different ones. I've met different ones. Now I know who they are. It's crazy. Um, but there's some that are like seraphim, they're lower levels. And there's some that are higher that work at higher levels. They're able to do more. They're at, they're, they're able to do healings messages. Um, I've spoken in different languages, uh, really unusual ones like mm-hmm. Vietnamese, Egyptian, uh, French from Normandy, no Southern accent mm-hmm. and, and responding to that person in their language is because that's the natural state of a celestial. And it mm-hmm. took me a long time to figure this out. You know, mm-hmm. I just thought, wow, that's unusual. Um, and so when I said, I don't really know, but the person knows. So, um, the healings, uh, as well as glowing, um, which has come up a few times with my DNA. Um, we laughed about, what is it? Fresh. What is it? 
fresh baby knew about a lot of these angelics. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Angels and you witness some angels that I have too, that actually there's different kinds that can actually form a body and be here and kind of like a tourist looking around. And there's others that have celestial human hybrid that are, you know, like myself that are here, they're out there, out there. You can tell they're just mm-hmm. a little bit different. Some are quiet and some are soft. Some are really outgoing. Some mm-hmm. are like full of life, like, and love beer and sugar. You know, you know what I'm saying? They're different. They're all, mm-hmm. they're like, wow, this is human. This is cool. Um, and you can also choose the dark thing. If you're that, I highly recommend against it. Cause that's really taking you off track of the whole, let's help humanity <laughs> you know, progress. But they're generally here because they're, um, they can do multitask. You're talking about multiverse. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I do time travel and I help people between time and I'll stop and reverse time and do things. One of the coolest things, because I like evidence, um, is one of the things that I'm very busy at night, like you. Um, But one of the things that I've gotten, I've gotten it a couple of times. There was a lady, I don't speak Spanish. Um, she's from Argentina and I had a friend who's Hispanic. I said, can you come translate an email? I got mm-hmm. about five years ago. And she said, sure, I'll come by. And she goes, I got to stop by. Yeah, I'll stop by and look at it. And basically she, she said, I visited her in the astral said her husband's okay. On the other side told her some stuff, how much she loves her and everything's okay. going to be fine. And to get in touch with her, cause I'm the Southern Bell. <laughs> this happens a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then people say, I was, vi- you wait a minute, you were in my dream and you, which means I knew I was going to see them beforehand. And I said, what did I tell you? He said, well, there was something dark in there. He said, be gone in the name of the divine. And you know, whatever I said, it sounded really like, you know, Charleston Heston part of the Red Sea. And I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> sounds like something I would say. And you just so, had fun with it. <laughs> what movie line is going to work here? <laughs> it was kind of intense. And so, but, uh, but yeah, and then I had a guy at the gym and my treadmill wouldn't work. And I said, I can't get it. I, I think, and he said, you got to restart it. And he goes, hi, I'm from Mexico. I'm a doctor there, but I'm here three months. I said, hi, he seemed very friendly and very nice smile. And he started telling me about his angel experiences. And then he got real quiet and he looked at me. I said, what? He goes, well, and I said, you have something strange to tell me. What is it? And, and I said, look, I'm really, things don't bother me. You can just tell me. And he goes, well, you were in a dream. I was in a dream. He said, I was having this dream and Jesus was there. And I said, I was standing with him, but I look better than I do now. I'm very angelly. He goes, yeah. So I was like, I know I get it all the time. So, <laughs> so we can be here in physical form, but we experience the human suffering, you know, again, it's temporary and we don't have to suffer. There's a better way to do things. Yeah. Uh, we can end this cycle. We can all end the cycle of suffering and say, you know what? Let's love each other. How about let's love each other? Because we've all known each other. We've all had incarnations with one another. And we're playing this silly game like, I hate you. You just like me. Come on. That's not true. We actually really, mm-hmm. on the other side, the ether side, and even in the angelic heavenly, we love each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we were kinder to ourselves and one another, that all this creepy, bad stuff would go away. You know why? Because they would just embarrass themselves because everyone would be super nice and they would just, and the bad people that are out there in this world would just really be showing their butt. You know, it would look bad and everybody would be like, wow, you should be embarrassed. Look how you behaved. And everybody would, would move forward. So Mm -hmm. I think this dichotomy that we used to live by, it's false. It's not real. It's a tin Mm -hmm. man. It's, 
it's it's a stack of dominoes getting ready to fall. This is not who we are. We're powerful spiritual beings and we're all created uh, as beautiful beings as, as Christ tells me, he said, we're all beautiful flowers. He said, if I gave you a bouquet of daisies, how boring would that be? But if I gave you African violence and Gerber daisies Mm -hmm. and hot pink and he started naming all mm-hmm. these flowers. He said, how beautiful would it be? And mm-hmm. that's how I see everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You know, the, the, the thing in Buddhism is, is we say that there needs to be duality in, in, in the experience and he's up and down, right and left. Yes, there's good and bad, but you can have less bad. That still fits the, the mold. Good and less bad. <laughs> so, you know, raise the bottom up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to be so far down. Like, raise it up. That's well, bad. Exactly. No, exactly. And I think it still pro- it still provides that polarity to create learn. something new from those options. Right. And even if you look at galactic history and so forth, there there are there is counter intention. But I think when we get when we feel there's too much density, mm-hmm. too much adversity, and even when the average person feels it, you know the balance is off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to we need to uh, be spiritually mature and take care of ourselves and get as mentally, spiritually, and emotionally healthy as we can. Mm-hmm. And then by just us, if all we did was just do that for ourselves, out of the love for ourselves and the life we have, it would amplify to everybody else mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you would be carrying around garbage. And it's like every yeah. you would get rid of that, and people would feel free and then they could get rid of their garbage. So I think that we're working on increasing the balance where yeah. it's more love in this world. I don't, I don't know if we can entirely get rid uh, in these dimensions, some of the duality. Uh, and also uh, we must be slightly hard headed because we uh, obviously need duality to learn. <laughs> we, need duality, we need duality to learn. But the thing is, is that, I mean, you know, that, if it's too much polarity, if it's if it's too far into the the the, the sides, each, yeah. each side, it's really hard to um, come into balance. Balance comes in when your right hand and your left hand comes right next to each other and touches each other. They don't mold; they just touch each other. And you, in, in in Buddhism, you put your hands together up to your third eye, you know. Ah. And that's that's the grace. That's the grace. Beautiful. That's the neutrality. That's the middle ground. That's the positive and less negative. Because the less negative is on the opposite side of the positive. So there's a lot in that philosophy. But you know, and to be more towards the center, more towards the neutral, is to be also be open minded to look at all the different options and then pick from it. But if you're so far into the extremes, you're so far into seeing all the different options you're kind of closed-minded a little bit because you're so far into the fringes that's why i always recommend just try to stay in the middle middle ground is the best best. so you know what jesus shows me he shows me he actually i saw him in person in the middle of the road and i think he was physical well if angels can do it he can do it i mean oh yeah what did he look like like curiosity right um, yeah. it was downtown Charlotte, June 18, 2018. And I was going to a concert and it was still light outside. It was about 615. The concert started at seven. We're looking for a parking place. Was not thinking about him. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a parking place. And then all of a sudden I my heart just dropped and I 
yelled out like Therese. And I went, my Lord, you know, angels do serve the commander, <laughs> which is, he is my commander. And, yeah. I went, and I didn't see anything, but my heart, my soul knew. And I look real teeny in the distance and I see someone. And as we get closer, I'm like, I'm talking myself out of it. Like, this is crazy. There is no way. Okay. I'm going to a Hall and Oates concert. There's no way. This is like Christ up here. This is stupid. This is we get closer. He's really handsome. And I'm going, he just, what does it look like? What does it look like? Girl, tell me. Look like anyone. He didn't look like, like any particular one person. He didn't look like, oh, he's black, white. He looked like his own self, but he did have a tan. He did have yellow in his skin, a really pretty yellow mm-hmm. tan. Skin. And kind of Middle Eastern, like a, like a lighter Middle Eastern. Yeah. Lighter Middle Eastern, mm-hmm. lighter Middle Eastern. Uh, but really glowy and golden. It was real pretty. And mm-hmm. as I got closer, I thought he was a model because his hair looked really perfect. And it was was it straight or kind of curly? It was a little wavy. A little wavy. Really well kept, like it was groomed. And it mm-hmm. was a little uh it looks it, fresh baby new. He had fresh baby new going on. Because <laughs> he, looked, new. he looked too perfect. <laughs> I thought he okay, this is not. I'm not trying to offend anyone. It's just my words, okay? It's Tamara's words. He looked like almost too perfect, like a metrosexual. Like, and I was looking for jewelry and stuff because he looked too perfect. He looked like he was going in a modeling session. But I looked and I didn't see any tattoos. I didn't see any jewelry. And I looked at his teeth. They were gorgeous. I mean, he just looked perfect. I don't know how else mm. to say. Even his yeah. clothes, I don't know, tunic, but it looked modern. It was a tunic to his thighs with pockets, but it was like perfectly pressed. It was a uh, a white, uh, but off white. And then he had him pants that were like a dark brown green but uh-huh. he had sandals, but they were not Jesus sandals. Like you would imagine they uh-huh. were like two bands. Perfect. And his feet looked like he just had a, a, a pedicure. pedicure. <laughs> like you know, guys feet don't look that good. No offense, man. I ta- guys feet don't look that good. <laughs> we were just talking about, we were just talking about this before about, um, we call it fresh. I call it fresh baby new because, um, when you come across these people, it's, it's like the only time in my life that I ever come across anybody who has perfect complexion. You have no wrinkle. You don't, your eyes, people's, your eyes are perfectly white. Like you've never had a negative thought in your life. You don't have any no wrinkles. It absolutely no flaw. You're like a flawless body is when you're freshly born. You're fresh baby new. Yeah. All babies come out just perfect because it's like oh you don't even have a negative thought and they smell good and they smell good and look good the skin's perfect and then over time they get the the sunspots and maybe some wrinkles the eyes don't go as white as so much but um you know aging but um but imagine that pristineness of your body as a baby but as an adult like how do you how do you to to that age of adult that's true. Without ever being blemished or affected by okay. reality. I'm telling you, makeup. fresh baby new. <laughs> Make, makeup. It looked like if you put like, you know, the flawless makeup where they do and they do lights, it looked mm-hmm. it had an inner glow, but he was as solid. And when I got up close at this point, I went through everything I could think it couldn't be. And then when I got close and looked at his face, I had this strange experience. I started hysterically laughing and crying 
Mm-hmm. I was so like euphorically, I was high, man. I was so high. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like, and, it, and I looked because it was the presence. And when I looked at him, he just, he, no expression except for purity. He just looked at purity. It was just purity. I, I can't explain it. I, I, I only know babies that are pure or puppy dogs, but he had an expression of purity, like all as well. He just looked straight and a normal person will be like, why are you acting crazy? I was literally over the back of the seat with my butt up in the air. I had a long dress on looking <laughs> at him. And then I said, look, and I hit my husband on the back. Look. And then when I turned back, he was gone. He couldn't have left that fast in the middle where mm-hmm. the grass is the, between mm-hmm. the two roads. He couldn't have left that fast, but he was a solid, but the higher level beings, even angels that can create bodies that's different than the celestial ones that are like me that are part hybrid that decide to be here like people that have fleeting or syrian that come here that's different they've actually been born in a body and they're they've manifested into part of their consciousness into that baby body and have grown here and had life experiences but Mm -hmm. these are people that fresh baby new we're talking about they could just bam show up like like i'm sure like you know, yep. Yogananda could probably like, bam, he could show up. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. or, or Confucius, bam, if he wanted to, he could get, mm-hmm. bam, he could just show up because they are more ascended. They can create a body. Yeah. Now they pop in. They, there's lots of folklores about um, these ascended masters who have mastered consciousness and um, the multiverse and existence that they can just pop in and pop out wherever they want to for the experience. If I had that ability, I'd probably pop into a lot of concerts, <laughs> go from one really good concert to another, one really good, like, you know, well, you that, know, that would be my vacation. This is so funny because people said, why was he there? Okay. First I thought, well, I don't know. I guess he loves me. Want to check in? I don't know. Encouragement. But then I thought about it. I thought he was kind of dressed for a concert. He could have been coming with us. <laughs> yeah. It's like... The person you're sitting next to in a concert might actually be one of these higher beings. They're just coming down for, or an angel. Yeah, there's a lot of different um, beings that they could be. But the the thing is, is that they they come fresh, baby, new. Like the clothes never had a wrinkle, the shoes never had a a a stain. (laughs) You know, they they never had a blemish. They never had a sunspot. Some got no wrinkles. They look close enough, right? They're close enough. They look human. They but kind of pass. They, they can pass, but there's something that but when you looks, look closer, there's something like, off. They're too, too fresh. You too fresh. You're too fresh. Like a like a waxy. Uh, it's like a dewy look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's the the bioluminous they carry with them, and there's but they they pass as humans, but there's mm-hmm. something that's off. But you can pick that up with also with. Uh, you ever seen a human? You go, they don't look human. They look like an alien. They probably are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And the same thing with that too. You can also sense like they're, they're doing an okay job at being human, but they don't look, you ever looked at someone and said, God, they look, God, they don't really look human. Is that, I don't think they're entirely human. And I think it's just us being observant and it just makes the world really kind of more exciting. It's, and and yeah. bigger. once, once, once you get into the higher consciousness and you start really observing reality and you know what you're looking at you can pick apart the visitors from the homegrown locals <laughs> oh yeah and you like to mess with them now really i do mess with them i do miss them how long 
And what kind of job do you have really now? Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know, this ain't, this ain't no 21st century witch hunt. I'm not interested in that kind of experience. Oh, you know, no. I'm, I'm just more kind of a, a, a muse observer. Now, let's talk Ooh. about your ET family. Because you said you are, you're a starseed. So yes. do you remember your your previous incarnations in different planets or dimensions? I mean, Very much so. So what's your ET family from? Well, you know, it's funny. Before I answer that, I'll say that we've all had many different families, not only human families, but on other planets. So I have run reptilian, Arcturian, Blue Avian. I do remember uh, on Earth being a priestess in Atlantis. Very vivid detail. Uh, It's very upsetting to even talk about. It was good times and it went to poo. It went boop. It just blew up. It was awful. But what I recall that's closest to your Atlantean, your Atlantean reincarnate. Yeah. I'm Lemurian reincarnate. That's okay. We both we're love back water. together again. <laughs> we both love water. And, you know, I remember also being a Lemuria, but it was uh, Atlantis that carried, I was uh, one of the 12 priestesses that, mm. that powered the city. And then we work with the aquatics and the water, but I also remember being Octurian in the temple and working with water and fire and elements and powering like a generator right through the mm-hmm. top of the, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the temple. So I remember uh different reptilian being in charge of uh, a, an entire planet mm-hmm. and I was sitting on a podium, but the podium was this city. It was like a, it was almost like a whole city. It was a spaceship that mm-hmm. I'm talking to the people down below and trying to get them to um, go along with brotherly love with helping another planet that was starving it was a different race. They were really pitiful. And they were like, no, they'll get healthy and they'll take us over. I'm like, no, they won't. They can barely walk. <laughs> this is, we're better than that. So I was learning from a Pleiadian and many years I've served uh, as an ambassador for the Galactic Federation. And actually I said, that was one of the secrets of Scientology. I didn't know who knew I was at an event. I just blurted it out. They're like, and they're like, I didn't even, I didn't even take any classes or anything. I just remember this stuff. And I remember the tragedy that happened, which we don't want again. We don't want to blow up earth or anything. We, we don't need to be blowing up planets. And so, and luckily we have our star family looking out for us and they're not going to let that happen. But I do remember that. And I remember going back even further and Oh, so so really quick. So the World War Three, Armageddon, future prophecy, that kind of stuff. You're saying that the the ETs are not going to let it happen. They will not. Too, there's too many of their kind that's incarnated into this. It will experience. not. Okay. It's not going to happen. Now, I, now, I, I, that's the way I understand it. And I've had Astra come to me several times. And say that's not going to happen, but there's a free will thing, as you know, uh, with generally with most religions or, you know, universal laws or the law of one or whatever you want to say, or what is a hermetic, you know, uh, philosophy, you have to have free will. You can't do anything against people's free will. And so um, this, that kind of action, they've already disengaged nuclear um, bombs before. This is not, they're not going to let this happen. I've already had visions. They said, if it does, you know, they're all in the sea too. They're just going to come out. It's going to be awesome. They're our family. I think it would be awesome. It'd be, it'd be wonderful, but they're not going to do that unless, um, you know, some powers that be act a little nutty. They're not Mm going to let that happen. And chances are, we won't even see it 
um, from um, and Ashley, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you've seen this, but on one of the things I just came across on uh, Gaia on Cosmic Disclosure, they had um, David Adair on, and he said that the Mayan calendar on the 12th, December 12th, 2012, we really were supposed to die. There were three or four solar flares the size of football fields coming toward the earth. There's no way to avoid them. And then all of a sudden, he was a physicist. They weren't there. He goes, I don't know how that happened. I find it impossible that it diverted Earth, but something interacted and stopped it. So we mm-hmm. should have all been gone around the world, but we're here. So we're we're going to finish this whole Aquarian age. <laughs> we're going to move forward. It's it's there are certain things that can change time and dimension, like I'm telling you, but this will not happen. This raising of energy. There's different ways it's going to happen. This will not, there is not an end game. There are people that say, oh, and the Bible or prophecy or this or that, that is just one timeline. That is one alternative. But the timeline that I see on the, this will not, this is not going to occur. Right, right. So, um, so in, in Buddhism, I like to drop a little bit of Buddhism, Buddhism podcast in oh, Buddhism, 20, it. 2012 is the year 2555 Buddhist era calendar. And 2555 is like if you're into angel numbers, 555, it's a changeover. Okay. And in 2012, the Mayan calendar um, had, had documented, but many indigenous tribes worldwide in that year did what they did. They, called the awakening ceremony except for some western religions didn't because they cut off the route to that so if they didn't cut off the route to that they would have done it too but easter chiefs of easter island native american chiefs hawaiian chiefs um buddhist um, temples all over the world mayans so many indigenous tribes that kept the information about the changeover of Earth cycles, her twenty five thousand nine hundred, I think, year cycle, when she goes to different different cycles and iterations of her spiritual growth. Twenty twelve was that timing, and so all the indigenous tribes didn't do anything. They just acknowledge the changeover of Earth into her next cycle, and her next cycle yeah. is higher frequency. When Earth changes a frequency into a higher frequency, just like when you when you look at a fan and the you increase the speed, the frequency of the speed of the fan, you no longer see the fan blades moving around. It becomes invisible. It's existing in a higher dimension. Yes. So when Earth raises her frequency according to the 2012-2555 Buddhist era calendar, um, change over of earth's new cycle she raised her frequency and as she raises her frequency we go up to a higher dimension and boom you're in a new new space that's 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 how that's Uh, how it works you can call it new earth but she's doing it in a way that gives people time to work on their issues to raise their frequency and heal the 3d dramas because you can't bring that gunk with you So all that stuff is going to come up and force you to deal with it because you can't bring it with you to the higher dimensions. So she's mm-hmm. kind of doing it in a slower time frame just to give people time. But eventually you won't have time. <laughs> so um, but but right. that's that that's that's what you were saying about that. That falls right in, into line with the um, 2012 awakening ceremonies that many indigenous tribes around the world did. 
right? It's amazing how we can come from different perspectives. Talk about the same thing. And it is the one perspective because truth is truth. Yeah, yeah. Some people call it the rapture, but they have a very scary way of seeing it. One will <laughs> one will be here and the other yeah. will be not. Because the other one is a higher frequency. When you go to higher frequency, the other person is in a different dimension. And now they're no longer next to you. Well, so. you know what? It's funny. Real quick to add to this, you might be, find this interesting. I don't know why, but I had this fella. I get, you know, my guy and say, hey, get this guy. Okay. And it was um, uh, Sergio Magnaya. And he had, uh, he has a book, The Toltec Prophecies, that was on mm-hmm. Hay House. So I got him on. He lives in Mexico in the UK. And he goes, I don't know why I don't do interviews. I was like, I don't know, but I want to do one. I'm like, okay. So I read his book. And it's, again, it's got, um, you know, some native elements, Toltec. So it's a, it's, it's, it's different, but it's very fascinating, but it's basically saying similar to what we're saying. He mm-hmm. said the energy will raise and he talked about the Mayan calendar and he also works with the Pleiadian. It's all through that. He realized that he, he, he is a chosen person in the Toltec world and he has a Pleiadian mentor and said, I've been working with your family 5,000 years, uh, my, my race of people. Anyway, it's in the book. But he says the Mayan calendar, what's happening. He talks about the ascension, what you said. He said, there were people that, 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 like you said, Mother Gaia will give plenty of time for people to deal with their drama, get rid of it, and just accept the love that they are, move forward. And 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 a new, exciting, uh, you can say Aquarian age, but uh, it is a new age. I don't know what, you know, people say, I don't like new agers or new age. It's going to be a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great opportunity. And so he said, what will happen to people that resist it? whether they want the old ways, they don't like this, maybe um, there could be all sorts of reasons. They want the drama, they want the negativity, whatever it may be, they're just going to die. And I said, die? He goes, well, their body won't be able to, they're going to be a lower density. They're just going to drop off. And then he said, he said, based on the Toltec prophecies and be brought back in a family, this higher spiritual that they can help them you know, teach them and bring mm-hmm. them into this new world because those it's some they I'm not saying that'll be a lot of people. I don't know, but some people that will resist he's they will just I said, what will happen? He goes, well, their bodies just won't be able to acclimate here because they're they're at a different vibrational frequency. He's based on his book. And I'm thinking, isn't that somewhat similar to what you just said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is the same thing as as what we said. And the other thing is in a lot of Buddhist um folklore is we talk about Shambhala and um and other higher dimensional um civilizations that are in high frequencies. And if you are in those higher frequencies, you can walk in and have no problem. If you are not, um you walk through the 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 nature portal and you won't see anything. It just won't be available to you. It is your Merkaba that is the key. It is wow. your aura field. It is your consciousness that is the key codes to all these experiences. And guess what's in those higher dimensions of consciousness? Higher beings, quote, quote, aliens that you actually want to hang out with. Oh, I really want to hang out. When I saw my, I've seen a couple U.S. Uh, really big ones <laughs> the, the, within the past year, especially after this DNA. It's really funny because I've had crazy physical things happen. Right. And when I first saw it, my husband's he's normal. He's not like me. I mean, he's just a normal, sweet person. And he goes, look, we were on the way to Asheville, North Carolina. He goes, look, that's in the USA. He goes, mm-hmm. look at that. There's about four or five fleet of UFOs. Now, I mean, we knew what they were, but we were looking at it like we're looking at a flower, like it's no big deal. He goes, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, look at that. And 
And then he goes, look at that. And it was huge. It was right by my window in the car. It was massive. And I'm going, wow, isn't that interesting? And it was like, Mm -hmm. it was big and it was glowy like a fireplace. And you know what I did? No, what people go, I'll get my camera or where that's not what I did. I didn't even think about that. I'm going, hello, friends. I miss you. I love you. And then I'm mm. like, and I wanted them to land. I got really upset because they didn't land. I was depressed for about a week. And then I started getting all these light code symbols and all this stuff. I started obsessed with drawing all this. Apparently they're Syrian. But anyway, I really wanted them to land. And then I started getting computer stuff like Morse code on my computer. When I would do interviews, it would go. I got one two weeks ago. I said, hold on a minute. We're getting a transmission, but they know what we're doing because we're, they're connected by our frequency and they, they know who we are by thought and they know Mm -hmm. what's going on. They probably laughed at your new baby fresh. They probably think that's hysterical. Yeah. Well, that's a new nickname for them. It's a BTS. It's the next BTS number one hot single. New baby fresh. <laughs> new baby fresh. You get to get your new baby fresh look on. <laughs> from, G- from DJ Von Galt. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, but they do, they follow us. And and I, I, you would think that would not be a normal reaction, but I got really, really sad when they left. And I felt so much tremendous love for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I wasn't tricked. I know what love is. I felt lot of love let me ask you this let me ask you this because everybody a lot of people like i want to see ufos i want to meet the aliens okay this is this is akin to when um white people met black people and vice versa for their first time it's all special and new but then the integration and the living among each other has been a challenge so let me ask you this Hmm. if they came out and they showed themselves and they weren't beautiful Pleiadians that looked like supermodels, but they were like reptilians or they had scaly things or they were in some kind of shape or body that was not very pleasing to the eye. Or how would you feel? You know, I don't know. I've asked myself that. I've told them, I said, look, when you come get me, I I had a conversation. I said, don't get me in a beam where they like an elevator where they beam you up. I said, Uh that's disrespectful. I've been working for you for a while. I need something a little better. So I had a friend I was talking to Joan of Angels, and she was saying that she saw one of the Nordics in the backyard and they, they have these little taxi shuttles. I said, that'll do. But I've told them, I said, what am I willing to be able, they already know what you're willing to accept. What am Mm -hmm. I willing? Well, that's why they, that's why sometimes they shapeshift. That's what what you like. They like, they're like, yeah, okay, you right. like the tall whites that look like supermodels. You could take that. You won't take this green looking right. lizard you know, thing, right? Or lizard or whatever the the deal is and stuff. Because we do have our prejudices. Many people do, and so it's like, okay, now you made first contact. Let's fast forward. Now you make first contact. You're you've gotten to the higher frequencies. You can communicate with these beings of higher frequencies of the multiverse right. and of the universe. And they don't. They're not. They don't all look like supermodels or angels on how you want them to look like, are you going to be okay if they're your neighbor or they're hanging out or dating your kids? I I think what it is, I still think that um, there are certain, even like now indigenous, like people that might live in the outback and live in the deserts of, you know, Australia, they're going to be really different than certain parts of China or the U S right. So we're going to gravitate with, with, 
um, kind of a middle ground of what we're used to. But I have mm-hmm. to say, getting along with people and so forth. When I did my, it's kind of funny, but when I did my ancestry, I was like, whoa, like my, my family literally has slept with everybody. And <laughs> the thing is, I mean, oh my God, like, like Japan, China. I knew there was, we had a lot of Chinese looking people in our family. I knew it. And we really do. And then well, you do have, yeah, great collagen, by the way. Oh, thank you. But we do have a lot of Chinese people, even like the blondes, they have the eyes. And I'm like, it came from somewhere. Then we've got, we've got, we've got Nigeria in there. We've got Vikings. And so I realized, all right, you know, look, if you have something that if you're, you know, halfway attracted by family's interested. So as humans, we adapt, right? We adapt. We like, we're okay with that. But to have like an insectoid with a thorax, that might be, you know, off-putting. I think we would, what they would do is they know these things might frighten people. So I think they would have ambassadors from their planet come uh, first and they would, their safe point, certain, certain people. I think that's why they've been working on the hybrid uh, hybridization I, program for some time. So it doesn't freak people out how some of these, um, how some of these beings look. And there are people that are ambassadors I'm going to be honest, like me and you, because you want to go run up on the beach and hug a reptilian. I want to like get these strangers to totally land so I can get in the ship. I've already told my husband I'm getting on. I said, you can come, <laughs> but I'm getting on. I'm just going to tell you I'm going. And yeah, so yeah. Um, there's, we're the ones to, we're, we're open, right? We're so, open. You know, we're the humans that are open and then they're the hybrids and then they're going to, they know not to freak us out too much. They already know that. Okay. So then, and that, and that's what, that's one of the conversations of the higher level conversations in, um, in Buddhism is that, okay, you, you raise your frequency, you raise your frequency, you spiritually evolve, you heal all your dense issues. You learn the life lessons of those dense issues so that you don't recreate the, um, the issues that cause the denseness in your energy field. Okay, great. You've done all the basics. Now you get to play in a bigger uh, playground in the cosmos of all the other beings and they don't look like you. So um, now you're in a whole new arena of how to explore the multiverse, explore existence together with an even bigger family uh, of, and bigger circle right. of friends that look completely different and completely alien to you so that is going to be and you know the freak show factor is always exciting i call it the freak show everybody wants the freak show but then when you get past the freak show it becomes your every day are you going to be okay to exist in that level of existence like star wars or i'm sorry star trek you know like that all that sci-fi stuff and over there everybody's like oh yeah just don't normal this you know Ewok and whatever, all these different versions. And it's normal to them because it's the normal to every day. And and at some point you get used to things because it's the every day. Okay. But until you get used to the part, the concern about humanity is that we're going to repeat the feuding that we do with the racism and prejudices yeah. and the human lower consciousness melodramas but with species of the galaxy who are like this is this is so low consciousness be like petty stuff okay I'm worried about that too i'm worried that we'll all that the positive side is like oh we're not at war now not the racist we love one another 
And I'm like, and that'll be good. But then you're going to have people that are just going to want to reject because I see them in the next two years. There's going to be some massive something happening with that. Okay. And I don't mean from the government, meaning like with, I feel like something's going to happen. So it's going to change people's consciousness, but are, are there those that are going to be attackful, but see they they, they think through telepathy, right? Cause they're higher consciousness. So they're, they've already played out. If we're doing timelines, they're doing timelines. They've already played things out They're they're, I wouldn't say they're more intelligent than us, but I would say they're more mindful and mm-hmm. there's special interest in there. They would already know, just like we know not to talk with some people about certain topics. I think they know where their boundaries are limit are with limits are with us, but they're the other aspect. What about the people like us that are real excited about it? We can't be super excited. We have to be diplomatic. Is there some people mm. might not understand or be frightened? So we need to be able to be understanding of both and we need to have diplomacy. Yeah, working on comfort levels. Well, I tell you, I tell you one thing, government leaders and CEO, CEOs are not good ambassadors. They're the, the worst to represent humanity. You get you get a, a, a working mom. There you go. A working mom, working dad. There You're you right. go. That's that's the best representations. Just the average person, and I just think the average person, a, a, yeah. the 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 elder of the of the tribe. That's that's the person. Bypass the governments, bypass the CEOs. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that this is going to be bigger, and they don't care about stuff like that anyway. So I think yeah. that what's your this, consciousness level? What's your consciousness level? Six hundred, yeah. seven hundred. Give us all the eight hundred and above people. That's who <laughs> should be the ambassadors. That's, I actually think that all celebrities, they're trash him. They're trash him. They're not even up at 600. (laughs) I think they're doing that now, quite honestly, Vaughn, because they've got you. They know, look, they don't need to prep you. They're, you're like, I mean, they may need to tell you a few things. You're like, okay, got it. Uh, They look scary, but they're cool. They're actually very, okay, Vaughn, I'm cool. Media, don't even go to them. Go to the podcasters. you can see some of them go to the podcasters who's talking, talking about this they stuff. like live it you know what i mean yeah they, they, yes. live the life. they and- live the life they know the deal go to bring the breaking news to the podcasters <laughs> give them the exclusive um you know spaceship um mtv cribs walk around oh my gosh have them know, have them interview bypass all the major news stations low consciousness you're just going to, you know, won't be able, able to come. You won't even be able to come into the spaceship because it's just going to uh, hurt you. They're like, the they but they, yeah, they'll know the frequency. And they're like, the frequency, eh, like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. it feels yucky. And they'll know their ulterior motive ahead of time. They can't pull any punches. Well, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's going to be I funny. Think, you know, when, like when you were in high school, you know how they had foreign exchange programs. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're going to have. We're going to have, well, Hey, look, Vaughn, we want you to go to Arcturus. And we want you to go there and we want to take notes. I want you to interview the people and what the life is like. And then, you know, how do you think a month is? Well, would you be willing to do that? We'll make sure that you eat the kind of food that suits your body and you get the rest. You better make me, you better have me in a portal to come back that I didn't miss anything more than a month in earth time. You know, you could say, because I still got my life. I want to live. I want to see my kids grow and all that. So you better respect my earth time frame. (laughs) <laughs> you could say, look, I would do that if you could make it like I'm only gone like one day to a week or time. That's it. 
then I would go. But if they, you know what I'm saying? You'd have but to I bring have back the, this content. I bring back all this good content. I'll bring back all yeah. this good content, but I'm not really gone that long, which you can do that. So I think there'll be people that, that and both. That'd be great. And they'll have ambassadors that'll come here yeah. and help. And, and so it, it's. Tamara, it's, that, that would be great. Like you and I, we go do these excursions with them. We're only gone maybe like two weeks. We bring back a year worth of content and we're on vacation oh, yeah. for the next year. So oh, I'll yeah. just put it on the cycle for the next year. Yeah. Every I'm episode gonna... is already pre- preset. We only did two weeks of work, but stick it on the round table and let it run. I'm on vacation for the next 12 months. <laughs> 11 months. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, exactly. I have a friend I want to bring. Mm-hmm. We want to have a chick retreat and so forth. But then you have to worry about mm-hmm. like, you know, when you go to certain places, their environment's different about being able to breathe and the, and, and the you know, and it, certain things could be all putting or give you vertigo or whatever it would be. And, you know, you would have to work through, well, that you would be assured that your body rudiments would be in place and that you would be and your family and all that. But there, I think that this, how it will roll out, I don't know, but these are the mechanics of, these are things that would have to happen. They would. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a relationship. Anytime you develop a relationship, right. You have to get to know someone to get to know you stage. So just like with anything, I'd say discernment, not all humans are good. I'm worried about humans misbehaving quite honestly and oh I'm, yeah yeah that's my concern too is i always ask <laughs> do you think humanity is even ready for this kind of i know they sit there and like drum and do all this like we're going to send somebody to the moon we're going to build these spaceships and we're going to you know we're going to investigate right. this they do all this work and really the answer is in a portal in the backyard <laughs> and, the, and the the alien is like the neighbor or something it's it's already there but anyways when it when it when they are able to have these interactions these higher dimensional interactions and they are of the frequency to have these interactions um are they are they going to be respectful you know well free will you know, some will some won't i just hope that uh I, I hope, I pray, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, bring a rabbit's foot, whatever. I hope that, I hope they don't embarrass themselves and the whole world. I hope that, that we are at a consciousness level that we are able to handle it, but it may be this, it may be that if the ETs ultra dimensionals are not, uh, if they're not feel like we're a hundred percent ready yet, they may start working with people that are right. Mm-hmm. And then slowly integrate that way. They may not just go wide open mass. Here we yeah. are rival yeah. kind of situation. They may do it in small groups and small things. Cause why they pick a few people and they go, Hey, we're coming our mm-hmm. ship here, bring back some data. And if you have enough people coming back with data and you go, wow, they're here. Why right. they pick you? You're like, cause I'm open. Cause I'm open. I work on my consciousness and you just, and, and then they'll be like, well, this all the time. <laughs> and then, and then they'll be like, well, shoot, I want that ticket to Disneyland too. So I'm going to work, you know, I'm going to work on healing Maybe. my 3d issues. I'm going to work on raising my frequency. I'm going to work on getting my aura field to get that golden ticket to have those experiences too. So it might be something like that. I mean, great conversation. I love that. Um, let's, that we, let's uh 
I know we originally wanted to talk about seeking heaven and talking about deceased loved ones. So let's give people um, your process for how you talk to deceased loved ones for the ones who aren't going to make it to that to that level. Um, yeah, I think that it all starts with love from the heart. I think that one of the things that we've all probably had people and pets that have crossed over, we at least know someone, all of us. And when we, it's easier if you can think of someone in love, you know, so I've had had readings, people go, I don't like that person. And I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. okay, be nice because they wouldn't be over there if they didn't work through their issues. They may want to say, oh, they're sorry. Is that I you know, especially what they'll generally do in readings is they'll have the per someone that they have a heart connection with. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the person you expect. And sometimes they'll have someone that could have been maybe you, you in your childhood could have been a janitor that was kind to you, but they're bringing the people that whatever. And then that's really mm-hmm. evidential and cool when that happens, yeah. I think, because it's so out there, but it's connected through the love. And it's like, if you took a picture and you held it up, of someone that you love very dearly, like your, say your grandmother, your great grandmother. Okay. And you go, wow, look how beautiful she was. Look at her jewelry. Look at so-and-so the minute that you're looking at it and saying, wow, look at that. Mm-hmm. She's knowing you're doing that. So you've already brought her right there because you're connected through the love. And so it's very easy to connect. So people that mm-hmm. want to connect, um, is that first of all, fear does not work for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fear, you can't have fear and think about it. Why would you have fear if it's your loved one, somebody you mm-hmm. really love? Mm-hmm. Well, how do I know if I'm being tricked? Well, first of all, one thing you could do is the, you know, grounding, you know, you, you know, uh, you know, God surround me in your love. And uh, I put a, a white light God protection bubble. I have your holy archangel surround me. And then, and, you know, I put the intention only love and support only holy loving messages from, from those that I, that, that I love. And that's what you're going to get is your intention. Mm-hmm. And, and, but if you connect to the love, most people feel the presence of a loved one. I would say yeah. most normal people, but they do it and they invalidate it as soon as they get it. They may be thinking about them and then maybe the lights flicker. They may be thinking about them, the curtain move. They may be. Um, there's something always there thinking about them when they see birds outside their window, but mm-hmm. or a song comes on that was their song, but they always dismiss it. And I feel so sorry for the spirit people trying so hard to get your attention that they love you. And then these people are, you know, that are blowing it off because you don't want to, how do I say it? Some supernatural experiences doesn't mean that it's spooky. Some of them mm-hmm beautiful and they're rare and you should honor that. Mm-hmm. So uh, our loved ones are always, you know, they, they pop in and check on us. They're not generally, they're not stuck here. They're in mm-hmm. higher dimension, but they can multitask and be here and check on us. And they, they just want our, our, our best. They know it's difficult here in this dimension and they're cheering us on. That's why I always say we all have a fan club in heaven, but if we listen and we fill them around, they sometimes will send us their energy to raise our energy when we're down. Also, pets do that. I've mm-hmm. had lots of pets come through and they'll just kind of get near you or be at the end of the bed when you're feeling really blue and sad to raise your energy. But we really do have, n- not even just in this world, but on the other side, such a, I say team God, because it's all part of mm-hmm. that 
you know, celestial higher realm that's looking out, out for our higher interest and make sure that we accomplish the things in life that we need to on our journey. And some of those things are difficult lessons. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been speaking about some of the difficult lessons that you've, you've overcome um, that many people can relate to and use to find healing in the traumas that they live through so that they can get to those higher dimensions of consciousness and finally like let this go out of their aura field, like stop holding down their frequency with these old unresolved traumas that they haven't fully known. Not that they don't want to address it. Most people want the healing. They want to address. They just don't know how to move beyond it. So, so hearing other people who have these experiences and how they go, go through it um, gives them options and ways to try to address their own issue. So there's a lot of different ways in which people can connect to the deceased loved ones, um, send energy healing to the deceased loved ones, or ask for energy healing from the deceased loved ones in the spirit world. Um, And you actually teach your techniques for how to do this in your Ascension school. So what what can we expect to learn in the Academy of Divine Wisdom.com, which the the links are in the show description if you guys want to register for that. Um, I always say you should have more than a couple modalities in your uh, in your 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 pocket. Well, th- well, thank you. Yes, I have uh, some of my transmissions on there, and then also courses. And the first, and I'm really excited about my school. It's something that my guides have been really pushing me to do for a long time. So uh, I'm really excited. It's finally here. And it's actually at the a much higher level of your people about, we were talking about portals and, and time travel and things that, you know, I would love for you to also be a guest teacher on there because it would be really sure. up to yeah. um, but, but my first course that I'm launching is November 14th. And what it is, it is a series. It's called the cause uh, channeling the cosmic Christ, let me start over the introduction to the cosmic Christ channeling course. And Mm. what that does just brings you to the higher celestial realms. And in that realm, I mean, you know, I didn't grow up Catholic. There'll be who, who's going to be there, you know, Jesus, mother, Mary, uh, the angels, the angelics. Now, why I like to start with that is it gives people comfort. Now, obviously other religious figures are in that area too, right? So you can, if you, Christ is not your person to connect to that. I mean, that's a loving, that's a loving presence, but there's others in that realm, right? If you want to connect to someone else in that realm, like I said, a rabbi, mother Mary, somebody else, um, you know, I mean the higher realms and you get the, the other sentiment, you get, you can get others as well. So, um, mm-hmm. this helps give people, especially the angelic realm, it helps them as a good grounding force. So when you start going into channeling, so you can go into higher dimensions and higher portals. And to me, when you work with the uh, the angelic realm, um, you're not going to have any problem moving forward channeling, whether you channel whoever. Uh, I channel the Syrian Angelic Light Council, uh, Astro the Galactic Federation. Uh, it, they're very loving. It comes in love but because I'm protected by this Golden white light. Mm-hmm. Merkaba. <laughs> Merkaba. Your aura field is your Merkaba. Merkaba that Jesus yeah. and Master gave me, seriously. Mm-hmm. That um they're your mandala be- in Buddhism they call it your mandala. Hinduism is your Sri Yantra. Okay. okay, but all the same it, stuff. 
Yeah, that this gives people of peace, right? This angelic realm. And then uh, if someone said, Tamara, hey, I like, you know, this Christ loving, but I would also, that's good. But working with the angelic realm, this, and to be able to go the deeper levels, people feel safer. And then from Mm -hmm. there, once they get that way that it feels that very high vibration, divine um, love consciousness, that is that, that con that Christ consciousness that permeates all of us is just a love flow. They're going to feel really grounded mm-hmm. to into doing other types of things. But I think it's really necessary because right. you don't really get yourself in trouble when you work with the higher celestial realms, you're good. Right. Right. And, um, what I would say, um, coming from Buddhism is when a student is ready, the teacher will show, do not discriminate against the teacher that shows that is the one that is for you. And there is a lesson there for you. And you will have many, many, many different teachers and mentors, not just the ones that. that you want. You will have ones that you never found them. Now, the further up you go back to source, it's just energy. <laughs> it is. It's just energy. You won't even have a form. You also will not have a form. You just have a knowing. It's so. True. And I've yeah. been formless and I was pretty content with that. Uh, although it uh, really does help to have a form to get stuff done and go to concerts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For the physical experience. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does help. And, you know, ride race cars and stuff, but it does help. But, but yeah, so that is one of the things. You ride that, race cars? No, no, not this time. I don't. Not this uh, time. I did in high school. I did the high school drags and then black mini skirt. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I did pretty good too. Oh, well, I could see that you're very high energy. I could definitely see that. <laughs> No, I am. I did finish. I'll tell you something. Very few people know that uh, I am a black belt and American hop keto combatives. And I was the only woman that finished in 10 years, which is pretty cool because I'm five, two and I'm girly. So they didn't think I'd make it, but I did. Yeah. And yeah. a couple broken bones later. So uh, that's another part of, see, I became a victor instead of a victim. There you go. Well, do you have a last message for people the, the builders of the fifth dimension earth, the last message. Oh, oh last message. You got to get one message Tamara. Yeah, I know you have a lot to say. One, <laughs> the one, well, I had two crawls. I think that the one, the one, the most, the, the one that I get right now is that one from the heart. And I, and then because I do many channelings, but, um, I'm getting a bit tired, but I do think that the one that mm-hmm. I channel a lot, because I hear him all the time is Christ. And, he, and he says often, and it's the most beautiful of advice. It's very simple. And he says, be the love that you were created to be. And if we truly were that love that we were created to be, it would be filled with, with, uh, without judgment. And mm-hmm. it would just be about being present with each person that you're with. And be in an expression of that love. And you would find ways to um, to have fun with that, to find ways to different forms of being a presentation of love in the world. So I guess it's more really not a last comment, but a challenge to everybody. You know, how would you express love to people and how do you do that and how can you do it better? Because that's who we are. We are love. And everything else is just clutter and confusion to remove you away from the beauty that you already are. 
I love that. Well, thank you, baby new fresh Yeshua and (laughs) (laughs) Miss Tamara Richardson. Thank you for offering your lifetime of work and sharing your techniques for how to harness our six senses, which anyone can learn and to communicate with our deceased loved ones. So for more information about Tamara's offerings, books, courses, please visit her website, academyofdivinewisdom.com, and of course, southernbellmedium.com. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings! Namaste. (laughs) Namaste. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.